Hey guys, it's Marcelo Anastrozo here, the creator and one of the co-hosts of Radio 815. What is Radio 815? It's a podcast celebrating the life and the career of writer-director J.J. Abrams. And I just wanted to let you know that along with my co-host, Matt Crandall, new episodes are posted every Friday at 8.15. So if you love film and TV, and specifically talking about J.J. like we do, Come and join us, won't you? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Radio 815. I'm your co-host, Matt Crandall, here with Marcelo Inostroza, this is episode two, last week in the first episode of our podcast, which is dedicated to the great work of J.J. Abrams. We started at the start with the pilot of Felicity. J.J. Abrams really cut his teeth as a writer in TV with Felicity, and we decided to take a look at the entire first season. Now, that's kind of a cheat. Uh, basically, we didn't have time to rewatch all 22 episodes of season one. So what Marcelo and I have both done um, is picked kind of five key episodes each that encapsulate sort of the, the essence of the season. And we thought we would go through and talk about them, you know, and how JJ and, and the creatives on the show sort of shaped the journey that was Felicity season one. So Marcelo, why don't you kick it off with the first episode that you rewatched on your list episode two <clears throat> yeah uh well i'm i'm glad to be back again and episode two uh the, that i chose the first episode that i chose was the episode entitled the last stand the thing that i love about this particular episode is that um it sort of picks off uh from the pilot obviously but mm -hmm. uh, a sort of a a big uh driving point of this episode is Felicity's parents actually trying to figure out why it is that their daughter made such a rash decision by canceling her original college plans and moving down uh, to New York. And mm. there's this brilliant scene uh, in um, The Last Stand where Felicity's counselor tries to have a mediation session with Felicity and her parents. And Felicity sort of uh, confesses to her parents why she initially came down to New York. And uh, in that entire sequence, you could just see the pain and anguish, uh, particularly on the face of Felicity's mom, Barbara. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, Felicity uh, tells this story in that scene where um, she was eating, a, she was eating a, a cheeseburger uh, last week or whatever. And she says, suddenly, it's the best, it was the best cheeseburger I've ever had. And I thought that the actress, the actress who plays Barbara, forgive me, I don't have her name in front of me right now, yeah, uh, did such a job, did such a great job by sort of just the anguish on her face. I love the way that that scene was played out, and um, uh, uh, basically uh, the way that it was depicted. Mm -hmm. Also, a great thing that I think this episode does in particular is it sort of uh, sort of humanizes Felicity's father um, uh, to be sort of mysterious because in the first episode 
we um, understand that Felicity's father is kind of controlling and he's kind of my way or the highway. But in this uh, episode, we see that he has uh, uh, a bit of humanity, a bit of humanity, a bit of humanity, sorry, to him. And I think that um, that was a brilliant choice by J.J. to do that, to sort of uh, switch the script on his character right away. Yeah. Um, oh, and um, uh, yes, I, I also, as, as the episode wraps up, I also like the fact that... Um, Felicity and her mom actually have that last conversation. And Felicity, I mean, uh, Felicity's mom tells Felicity that um, the reason why she got so mad at her wasn't the fact that she um, moved away to New York. It's the fact that she saw so much of herself in her daughter. And I, I, I love the explanation that she gives about how she didn't get, to, how didn't, how she didn't get a chance to accomplish uh, the dreams that she set out to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love the whole sequence of them uh, sort of uh, uh, reconnecting af- after their fight earlier in the episode. Yeah, I think that's really nice because in the pilot, you know, Felicity's parents were introduced to them, but you don't really care that much about them because it's more focused on her and her breaking away from their dreams for her. So this episode fleshes them out more as characters and you know, lets the audience sort of realize that they're not just one note rich people who have their whole daughter's life planned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, also, also another, another great thing about this, um, another little subplot in this episode is a subplot where Felicity gets the idea to sell, to send um, her college uh, essay that she wrote to get into the college. She, she, she wrote the essay about Ben. So she gets a dumb idea, horrible idea. Of sending it to Ben, yeah. And the whole sequence of her trying to get it back from the mail guy, right, is uh, is is hilarious, and it's just it's just it's just uh, really really hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's episode two. My first episode that I rewatched that I really enjoy is episode three, called Hot Objects, which was written by JJ, just like episode two was written by JJ. Um, Directed by Brad Silberling, who directed the Casper movie, Moonlight Mile, the Lemony Snicket movie. Great director. Um, And here he was working in TV. And I know that we talked a little bit last week, but you sent me a message about how good this show looks. Even for a show this old, um, you know, and it's only on DVD, so it's not been remastered in high def and it's not not widescreen and all that. But the cinematography and the shots in the show feel like you're watching a high quality movie every week. Um, And I really love just the use of light and shadow. So much of the episodes, you know, people's half of their faces in shadow, half of it's lit. So it adds a lot of atmosphere and mood. Um, The whole main plot of episode three, hot objects is that Kelvin is throwing a giant party and it's going to be Felicity's first college party. Um, So she has high expectations. She wants it to go good. She hangs out with Julie. She tells Julie that she wants to invite Ben to the party. And of course, Julie ends up talking to Ben about the party first. So her and Felicity have like a little bit of a a confrontation about that. Um, And I really like this episode because while the the party is sort of the thing, the social thing, and Felicity's worried about what's going to happen, 
on a school level. Um, she has an incident with her professor, Professor Garibay, because she can't find the textbook anywhere. And she goes to talk to him and says, I, I checked everywhere. I couldn't find the textbook. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't, I don't care. She says, are we okay? He's like, we're not okay. Like you have, why are you talking to me right now? And it, it clearly shows the difference between high school and college where in high school, if you were to talk to a teacher like that, they know your name. There's 25 people in the class and you know, it's a lot more personal. Whereas when you go to college, it can be a bit of a shell shock, especially for people who are used to, you know, being the teacher's pet. Um, when they find out that it's a lot more impersonal than you would expect. So this teacher is not used to having students come up to him like that. And later in the episode, she runs into him at a supermarket Gracie, and, sa by the way. and says, you know, I wasn't trying to be like this kiss ass or anything. And he said, you know what? Don't worry about whether you and me are okay. Worry about whether you are okay. Like you're, a, a small fish in a big pond now and you're gonna have to adjust to that and i thought that was really nice um and true to life because you know anybody who's gone from high school to college will know it's kind of a completely different ball game uh when the the party through line of this noel is really trying to make sure that the party is a huge hit he wants to get a lot of chocolate because Felicity told him that she likes chocolate. And he hires these shady Russians to get like the uh, DJ equipment. Mm -hmm. And there's a recurring joke of the one guy who's like, can't we have a band? And Noel's like, yeah, no. Yeah, like we are not having a band. Like it's just CDs and tapes, man. That's all we can afford. And then at the party, Mitch is like, this party's fine, but it would have been so much better with a band. And uh, it was funny because like there's always that one guy. Mm -hmm. uh, who's who's like that, who like, even if a party's going good, um, is kind of like the Debbie Downer of the situation. Right. At the party, Felicity and Elena finally get introduced to each other, which is kind of a key moment of the series. They had been around each other, but um, they actually do like formal introductions there. And of course, the minute that somebody comes into Felicity's room looking for music, we know that one of the tapes is going to get played at the party. And that moment is mortifying, uh, but they don't dwell on it and it doesn't become as big an issue as it could have. It's just a, you know, an embarrassing thing that happens, but it's not like nowadays where, you know, if there was a, a, a faux pas of yours, it would end up on social media and haunt you forever. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting because that tape, you know, those people heard it and she was embarrassed, but then it was like, okay, that's it. We'll move on. Um, whereas, you know, a show now it would be like, you know, somebody accidentally found a, you know, a nude on her phone and it went viral or something right. would be like the modern day equivalent. So it was, it was nice that it was mortifying and embarrassing and sort of like character building for Felicity, but not as damaging as stuff is like in the modern world now. Mm -hmm. No, if it was, if it was a modern world now. She wouldn't. Uh, she wouldn't uh, be able to live it down at least for a couple months. I would uh, guess. I would gather to guess here. Yeah, and uh, also in this episode, Ben gets stuck in a drama class, and that's kind oh. of funny seeing him being uncomfortable with that. Um, and his teacher is played by a guy who would go on to be Richie April on The Sopranos, one of my favorite shows of all time. So it's fun when you know people who 
our good working actors show up in smaller roles on shows like this. So episode three for me, because it's that party and just everybody is adjusting still. Uh, and, and the shady Russians uh, are hilarious. They give Noel a hard time because he doesn't have a beeper. Yeah. And the guy's like, you don't have a beeper? I'll get you a pager, man. I'll get you a beeper. Hold on. I'll get you a beeper. And it's like, oh, yeah. my gosh. It's this crazy. is so 1998. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, and uh, if I could just uh, chime in with one thing, uh, one thing that I love about this particular episode. I love the uh, speech that Ben has to give about his keys mm -hmm. and what they mean to him. I think that in that particular scene, we really, uh, for the first time in the series, learn something learn a little bit of a, 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 a backstory about uh, Ben and where he comes from. and mm -hmm. A true backstory. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until uh, uh, prior to that moment, he's always been just the guy that Felicity likes. But after that moment, I thought that J.J. did a great job of giving him some dimensions. Right. And I, He's starting uh, to become a person more than just a, a MacGuffin kind of thing. Right, yeah, MacGuffin guy. Yeah, so uh, the uh, the episode that I have next is an episode uh, called Cheating. It's episode six. And the thing that I love about this episode, well, there's one thing that I love about this episode, is that um, throughout the series, it is uh, surely established that Felicity is a nerd. And if, right. you, know anything, if you know anything about nerds... Uh, all they care about is doing the best they can and, 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 and you know, and, and, and doing uh, their assignments, whether they be in high school or college, to the best of their abilities. So when Ben um, has a problem with his computer printer, I believe, mm -hmm. he uh, gives Felicity his paper to print out on her computer and she starts to read it and then she rewrites it and then she drops it off. So in this, in the to to their teachers in this little box in the hallway that they have, yep. and then she doesn't um, tell Ben, and as a result, Ben's teacher uh, accuses Ben of um, of cheating because he, uh, Ben's teacher doesn't believe that Ben could progress that quickly in the class. And the thing that I like about this is two things. I like the I like the fact that the writers of this episode chose to make. Uh, the decision to make Felicity, sorry, to make Felicity feel the anger of doing something so stupid right. and so asinine that it is unconscionable how she could do something so, like, uh, dumbfounded. I mean, look, yeah. I understand, look, I understand liking someone, but doing something like that, I mean... She, are you telling me she didn't have a moment where she said, "Uh, maybe I shouldn't do this." So, right. so, so the so the fact that the writers in this specific episode, uh, uh, uh ba you know, basically, uh, put Felicity through that trial and uh, made the wedge between um, the relationship between her and Ben, I thought was great. And in the end, that she actually, um, in the end, where Ben confesses uh, that he that uh, he, he actually didn't uh, write the paper and the fact that he sort of sacrificed himself, he sort of fell on the grenade to protect Felicity, I thought was great. Yeah. Also, uh, the other thing I thought was great was uh, the, the sort of subplot of this episode where Noel uh, starts talking to the uh, school president for, for advice about people who cheat and, uh, and what can possibly happen to them. Mm -hmm. as a result of, of 
of being accused of plagiarism. Right. Yeah, and uh, that's that, that's all I really have to say about um, episode six cheating. And I, I I just think it's a good episode. It doesn't really um, do a lot of character development for what comes later, but I think it's just a fun episode with some serious consequences for some of, some of our characters. Yeah, and some of those consequences are explored more in your next episodes, which is the two-parter, seven and eight, drawing the line. Yeah. Did uh, did you add that on your list, or, or was that just me? That was just you. <laughs> but uh, great episode. Definitely things start to get a bit more serious mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the board, mm-hmm. with the Julie storyline especially. Yeah. Uh, so what's uh, uh, what's your uh, next episode on your list? Uh, so the one next one on my list is Thanksgiving, which comes after these episodes. So we'll talk about these first, okay, and then okay. and then we'll move on to mine. Yeah, my uh, my bag there. I um, I completely didn't know the order of these things. I just sort of I just sort of picked them out of a bag. So I will. Um, <laughs> the thing that I love about drawing a line is that the episode uh, starts off with this with this random thing about. Uh, Noel being being not so comfortable about hearing Felicity's big dark secrets about Ben. So he finally gets to the point of, uh, guys, should I tell her that I'm not comfortable hear, hearing stuff about Ben? But if I do that, um, uh, will I lose her friendship forever? So that so I thought that was a nice little subplot to sort of mislead us as to what this episode is really about. Right. Um. Uh, I, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head when was the uh, pink guy introduced? I think it might have been around here somewhere. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, in this particular episode, Julie uh, happens to meet a uh, a guy by well well let's call him Mr. Pink for uh, for for the purposes of of yeah. this podcast, and she actually starts to go out with this guy. And at the end of this episode, I believe it's at the end of this episode that we find out that Julie went out with this guy and when she did go out with this guy something terrible happened mm-hmm. and i love the I, I love the last sequence of this episode where um uh where felicity comes into julie's room and all you see is the empty mattress and and the and the sheets all in the corner and, and buried in the the wastebasket yep i thought that it was I thought that it was very ballsy and very uh, forward-thinking by J.J. and his co-writer of this episode to talk about something so serious so early yeah. in a show like this. Right. It's not, it's, it's not something that you expect in a show about a teenager going to New York to follow a guy. You don't, you don't, you don't expect a story about, you know, about something like this and I, I i think that it was just an excellent decision by jj and his staff to explore uh, a story like this and in part two um uh, of drawing a line when that episode first starts off you have you have julie standing uh, uh sitting in the um nurse exam room and you have her relaying the events of the night and i'm not kidding you the first time i saw it as she goes through the as she goes through the events of what happened to her, I got sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I just I just thought that um, um, 
What's her name? Oh my god, I can't remember her name right now. Jesus Christ. Uh, Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah. Played it so well and and played it with such um, pace. You know, you know, she gave herself little pauses here and there as she was going through the story. Right. And um, um, also in this episode, we uh, we we start to see the effects of what happened to Julie sort of manifest, not, not, you know, right, you know, not right away, but, uh, uh, little things like, like when, um, when Felicity asks her if she wants to go out or if she wants to, you know, get together later or whatever, Julie sort of backs up and retreats and goes, I believe in her room or play music or something like that. So I love the fact that we see, uh, the effects of, what trauma can do to a person that's been raped. Yeah. And this was the episode, this whole arc kind of was where, you know, there had been serious stuff on the show, but this was where they weren't going to show shy away from like the more controversial real life situations, especially like, you know, you hear about this kind of thing happening when people go to university and college. Um, and especially, you know, nowadays, consent and all that stuff it's even more well known like you know uh it's a huge issue there's uh an epidemic sometimes and people are afraid to speak up um so the way they handled that whole thing with julie was really classy and showed that the show wasn't afraid to tackle hard-hitting subjects when needed especially it's the first half of the first year yeah it's you know know, it's really um the other thing, like I said, it's really early too. So, like I said, you wouldn't expect them to do something like this. So I thought, mm-hmm. that, again, uh, the fact that they did do something like this, the fact that they addressed something like this, like you said, I thought was a great decision but on their part. Yeah. So the next one on my list is episode nine that comes right after this, Thanksgiving, where a lot of people are supposed to be going home for Thanksgiving but everybody ends up staying for like a big, the gang's all here kind of moment. Um, this episode was written by Andrea Newman and directed by uh, Danny Liner, who would end on end up going on to direct Dude, Where's My Car? and Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. So there are some pretty funny moments in it, but it's still, you know, a, a Felicity episode. Um, and it starts with, her and Javier talking at Dina DeLuca. And I absolutely love Ian Gomez um, as Javier. Just hilarious. Yeah, he's great. Uh, Such a character. And, of course, this episode is also noteworthy because it's Jennifer Garner's first episode. Mm -hmm. As Hannah. Hannah comes. Noel's girlfriend who, you know, people didn't really know about. um, Shows up just as... You know, Noel and Felicity are getting together. Um, and she says, I've been accepted. I can move to New York. And Noel is not excited, which is not the reaction she wanted. And there's a really nice scene where, you know, Hannah and Noel kind of realize that maybe they have different ideas of what their future is. More so, or more, more so Hannah realizes Noel has a different idea. Um, And I thought that the writing in that was really nice where she says, you know, oh, I've been getting close to some guy and we weren't sure what it is, but we're not sure if that's actually true or if she's just making it up so that Noel will will confess that something's going on because she gets the sense that something is off. And 
when her and Felicity have that moment in the bathroom where Jennifer Garner is breaking down and Felicity hands her some tissues and Hannah just says to Felicity, he's a great guy. And Felicity says, I know it's a really loaded moment, um, but it was handled well. It wasn't like, you know, they could have introduced Hannah and had her be because we already like Noel and we want Noel and Felicity to maybe get together. Sometimes shows introduce the girlfriend and she's a shrew or mm -hmm. she's like a real annoying yeah. character. Right. So that mm -hmm. we root against her. But they introduce Hannah and, you know, Jennifer Garner is so charismatic and the character is also as well. Um, and they they start planting those small seeds of her and Noel not being on the same page where Hannah says she bought a PC and Noel is like, but, but we are Mac people. How how did this happen? Um, and it just sort of shows, you know, as people, even when they're close together, when they're apart, small things can start to put cracks in the foundation. Um, and I thought that was nice. And then of course, when everybody is at Thanksgiving, um, you know, Sean, Ben, Elena, everybody is there. And that's a really nice sequence of just everybody sort of, no matter what's gone on, the breakups, the, the kissing, um, this is the episode also where Ben does walk in and sees Noel and Felicity kissing. So he knows something else is going on. Um, but for them to all just put that all aside and have this nice big, you know, their new family um, dinner for Mom. Thanksgiving was really sweet. Did um did you think that Felicity intended to like fall in love with Noel so hard, or did you think that at the beginning she just wanted like she just thought that this was a you know like a small crush like a like a uh, passing crush like Noel pointed out? Yeah, I don't think she did. Um, like she did think it was maybe just going to be a fleeting thing, but they, they had a, a pretty good connection and just their, their banter with each other and the way that they get each other, um, made them seem kind of like a natural fit and it mm -hmm. was organic. It wasn't just like one episode and all of a sudden, you know, she's moved on from Ben or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so much had gone on that I thought it was actually believable. Uh, so even though the the show was supposed to be, you know, Felicity and Ben, you start to like Felicity and Noel together. Right, right. Um, the thing that I love about this episode is sort of the um, sort of the sort of the C sort of the I think it's the B the B, the B plot or the C plot. Mm -hmm. The story point of um, that has to do with Elena and the fact that she uh, once she goes home to spend Thanksgiving with her father, yeah. we realize that um, she doesn't have uh, that great of a relationship with her father. And I love the fact where she actually sits down with him at one point and she actually mentions to him, you know, I, you know, I don't live that far away either. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, you know, the street has two lines to it. Right. right. So I, I just love the fact that um, among all this happiness and, in all this relationship drama, as Felicity is known to do, that we get uh, a sort of little story that, that says something about a character that we uh, just recently met in, a in the character of Elena. Yeah, it does add depth to her because when she goes home, she thought that Thanksgiving was just going to be her and her dad and he has other plans. He wants them to, you know, hang out with all these people. And she, she's like, well... I hardly ever see you. And like you point out, he says, they sort of realize, 
you know, it's a two-way street, the, their relationship. Um, so it is a nice moment when he does show up um, to the Thanksgiving dinner at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also uh, a thing that I thought this episode does well is the fact that um, we actually see uh, the progression of Julie dealing with um, uh, the rape in that she has a discussion with Felicity where she sort of molds the thought of going home for Thanksgiving and facing her parents, facing mm-hmm. her parents, yeah. and physically telling her parents what happened. And, right. You know, she's not watching, ready. Sorry. And watching her mull over that decision and choosing to stay with Felicity and stay with her friends. I think was the good choice and the right choice for her at this point. Yeah, I thought that was really well done too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the uh, the episode that I have next is uh, an episode called Finally, and it's episode 10. Uh, I would have to say that among all the first season episodes of Felicity Season 1, this one is my favorite. Because when I was going to school, I used to love the end of the year. And I used to mm-hmm. love uh, Christmas time. I don't love Christmas time anymore because I'm an adult and I gotta buy presents for I, I gotta buy presents for everyone. And it <laughs> it's, <sucks>. expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. It sucks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I love the fact that this episode is encapsulated around finals week. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that this um, episode uh, has an editorial choice that I that I thoroughly loved when. Um, they throughout the episode they break it up by having uh, title cards telling you how long they have until final exams start. Right. And not only not only that, so much of this episode is subtitled when people are whispering. In the but library, then, yeah. But then also when people are not whispering and it's still in the library, the subtitles keep going. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. This yeah. episode was also on my list of ones I rewatched because I think this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire season. Um, this one is like really enjoyable and funny written by JJ. Uh, one of the key episodes for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just, you know, you know, I just, and the other thing that I love about this episode, I don't know who directed it. I, I was going to attention to it. I'm sorry. I didn't do my proper homework. Right. <laughs> but this, this episode has an energy to it and a pace to it. It's yeah. like, it's like this episode has a, has a ticking clock to it, which it obviously does. Yeah. Um, and the scene that I love, uh, like, like my, one of my all time favorite scenes of Felicity is when Noel finally loses it. (laughs) When he's on, he's on the magic powder that Megan gave him that has beats in it that it causes Noel to flip out anyway. But just as Felicity and Ben are in the library or whatever, the study hall talking about how great Felicity and Noel's relationship is, Noel bursts in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just yeah I, I just love the way that that um that uh, Scott um Scott Foley loses it and says no you're supposed to be helping me no I just I just I just lose it every time he does that yeah I, I don't know I, yeah I, I I think it's just great also yeah. I'm sorry go ahead I was gonna say no that's that whole scene is hilarious. Because Scott plays it so well, just like you know, he's he's manic, but he's stressed because it's finals, and he doesn't have any of his notes because he's accidentally got the wrong bag from the airport. But just that manicness where he bursts in at the worst possible time, 
and overreacts, and the minute he does it, he knows that it was the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's like, but it's like once he starts, he he can't he can't, he can't back stop. Out. Yeah. So so you know he may have been aware that it was the wrong thing, like you said, but he can't back out. Right. Uh, yeah, he know, had to double down on it almost. Yeah, I, yeah. Also, um, also I, I, uh, a great thing that this episode does is sort of funny thing that I wish the writers would have explored. Well, they kind of they kind of explore it in other episodes, but they don't kind of is Sean's plot to sell college kids fruit. This was my favorite part of the episode, to be honest with you. Oh, really? So I always I always love that in the first season, like there's a couple times where Sean is like cooking up some sort of like invention or like harebrained scheme. But this one is the best because everybody is like, why would you sell fruit? And he's like, it's fruit. <laughs> like fruit, fruit is delicious. This is a, this is a can't miss plan. Mm -hmm. And then of course, when he's trying to sell the fruit in these giant coolers and nobody is buying, and then he has the epiphany that all you have to do to sell a guy in university a banana is have a pretty girl offer it to him. Right, and, yeah. and when Julie then starts selling it all at just, uh, Grunberg is hilarious, but by the time when he's counting the cash at the end, and then he's like, I got two things left. He's like, go off and don't come back with any less than $4. <laughs> uh, like just hilarious. I could just see like, you know, this is Sean, but I can almost see like a guy like Greg Grunberg coming up with a scheme like this while him and JJ were hanging out, you know, in high school or something mm -hmm. and having it be based on their actual relationship. But I love how Sean is just this guy who's always trying to find an angle right. and, and this one, offering fresh fruit to university students that he thinks is this can't miss genius idea. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, man, if you had offered chips and Oreos, you probably would have had a better shot. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Um, but the thing that I love about this whole, um, the whole plot is that I think, or you can stop me if I'm reading too much into this. I think that uh, once Sean started using Julie to sell fruit, I kind of think that Sean got feelings for Julie, or did he have feelings for that for that for that uh, uh, larva girl that he couldn't ask out? Was no, it? I think you're right. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. especially if you ever have come up with like some sort of scheme with someone, and you and you're like successful at it, you know, that kind of endears you to each other. So I think that that is they were planting some seeds there. Mm -hmm. No, and you know, it's there. Um, a possible relationship between Julie and Sean is hinted at in other episodes, but the writers really never sort of picked it up again and uh, and ran with it, which I thought was a kind of a missed opportunity. Yeah, it also could have been part of a long game that never ended up coming to fruition because of the circumstances around Amy Jo Johnson on the show. Right, 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 where she, with, where she which, eventually... Yeah, you know, we can talk about more in depth as we get to where she kind of just disappears because her own personal life was too overwhelming, um, which is too bad. Uh, one other thing I want to make a note about this episode, um, hilarious bit with Noel having to be the RA um, and Richard barbecuing in his room. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Richard, played by Rob Benedict, who would go on to be a key recurring character on one of my favorite long-running shows, Supernatural. So any fans of Supernatural will recognize Chuck. Uh, and I just love that this guy is barbecuing in his room, which 
when I went to university, like there were idiots who would do stuff like this where really? you're just like, this is too, this is so dangerous. You shouldn't be doing it. And they're like, don't worry, nothing bad will ever happen. And then of course, you know, there were people that <laughs> bad things happened. So this was perfect. And the fact that then this guy tries to blackmail Noel because he sees Noel and Felicity making out. And uh, by the end, Noel brings him a, a bag of charcoal right. briquettes. And he's just like, I give up. Like, you know, I you got me. Uh, there's um, nothing I can do about it. Um, which is a nice bit of like throwaway D, D storyline comic business. But it just makes this episode really enjoyable. Uh, and there is a little bit of a heavy part to this episode. As much as there is a lot of fun humor. Um, where Noel's... Noel disappears for a bit because his uncle is in a serious accident. And then when he disappears at the end, it's because his uncle died. You're right, right, right. And um, then he comes back and him and Felicity decide, you know, they don't really need to put a label on their relationship um, until the new year. They don't have to rush into it, which was kind of part of the ticking clock was finals. But also they had agreed that when finals were over, they were going to decide what they were. Um, and the fact that they table that was was kind of interesting as well. Mm -hmm. No, um, no, I, you know, I, I, you know, I had totally forgotten about that little subplot about Noel having to deal uh, with the death of his grandfather. But do you think that the reason that they didn't, uh, the reason that they didn't deal with that is because of the subject matter of the episode? Do you think they wanted to focus more on the finals thing? And yeah. Instead it, of their, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I think that they wanted to show that, you know serious stuff still happens while you're at school and sometimes because you're at school and it's so important that other stuff can't overwhelm your life mm -hmm. in, in certain ways like you know i'm sure that this is a devastating loss to noel but he still had to be there to to take his finals right right, right. um and i know when i was in my second year uh at university um two weeks before first term finals, my grandmother died and it, you know, you only have like a couple of days to, to do everything because university won't put everything on hold because a family member dies. So it's, it was kind of like a true to life thing um, without them wanting it to overwhelm the episode. Uh, but I think that that was just kind of like acknowledging that, you know, even though our characters are here, real life still goes on and it's messy. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I thought, you know, like I said before, this is probably uh, the top favorite episode uh, for me in season one. So do you have any more episodes on your list or do you want me to give you my last one? Um, my, basically, your your last one comes before my last two. Yes. And I've, I've got just two more. Um, okay. But yours is a two-parter. Yeah, okay. So I'll, um, I'll go first. See, folks. This proves which guy actually does more research. So Matt does more research than I do. So uh, <laughs> It's early. I think uh, we both are doing quite a bit of research because you seem to remember some of the smaller details. I, I don't. <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, the, next, uh, the next episode that I'm going to talk about is an episode called uh, Todd Mulcahy. I'm sorry if I butchered the last name of that guy. No, that's right. You got it. But the thing that I particularly identify with in this episode is um well i should tell you a little bit i should tell you the main plot of this episode the main plot about this episode is that uh a guy from felicity's past comes back to new york and starts sending felicity giant boxes of crap that uh, right. that that she enjoyed when she was a child and 
The reason why he does this is because uh, he is actually getting married to his fiance in, in, in like the next couple of weeks. And he wanted to come to New York to sort of, uh, sort of sterilize Felicity from his life, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. And I love the way that he pursues Felicity even after constantly Felicity tells him, no, I have no interest in, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, I have no interest in uh, undergoing a romantic relationship with you. I mean, at first Felicity is uh, understandably um, flattered, but as the episode goes on, she gets more and more uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And the reason why that rings true to me is because in my life, um, a little bit about myself here, I did something like that. And um, it didn't go well, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, be because of that, I was almost depressed for a year. So um, seeing, seeing the actor who plays Todd Mulcahy get hit by a bus uh, at, at um, the end of part one was like, man, I feel your pain. I yeah. really do because I got hit by a bus in my own life. Right. So, uh, not fairly, but you know, um, I, uh, I, 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 I identified with his character so much and I identified with his urge to tell Felicity what he wanted to tell her. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you have any, do you have any particular recollections about this episode or what you like about it? Yeah. You know what is, and this is actually, especially for this podcast made a good, a good sense to be one of the episodes on here. I probably should have rewatched this two-parter because JJ wrote and directed both of these episodes. That's right. He did. Um, so, you know, he, he not only wrote them, he directed, he stepped up to directing. Um, and it did sort of tackle this, you know, weird, you know, this guy has unrequited feelings and stuff, um, which is kind of a common occurrence. And also of note, I don't know if people just hate JJ or what it is, this is the lowest episodes of Felicity uh, on IMDb in terms of rating for the entire season. Really, I didn't, I didn't see that. No, I don't listen to what IMDb says. No, but I'm both not. of these have like a, a five point six out of ten, whereas most of the rest of the season is like seven point eights and, right. and eight and stuff. Um, and and I think it's partly because it's some of these episodes, the the two, it's just uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, for for Felicity. Uh, and then also you have the storyline with Julie tracking down her biological mother. That's right. Um, who denies that she's her biological mother. Um, which again is also like uncomfortable and, and just one of those, like it's a lot of real life stuff happens in these two episodes. Um, especially coming off of, the fun of finally and you know before this the the whole sex episode and stuff it i think it, it yeah um it i think this the reason that maybe it rubs some people the wrong way is that it, it brings everything back to like stark reality kind of right away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no and the, and the other thing that i love about this episode is it it turns uh it turns uh um the conceit of Felicity on, on, you know, on its head in that yep. the series is about a girl who follows a guy to New York and then starts to sort of un, uh, uh, sort of, sort of, sort of, uh, you know, sort of, what's the, what's the word in there? 
profess her love for him unwantingly. So, so to have Felicity deal with someone who actually does the same thing that she did to Ben. Right. It's turning the tables on Felicity, putting the shoe on the other foot. Right, right. I thought, I thought that was a great conceit. Yes. Um, for them to, for for JJ to actually come up with this uh, story, and to have uh, Felicity get uh, get a get a taste of her own medicine, so to speak. Oh, big time. Yeah. Also, I love the fact that this 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 two part is sort of. Served as a sort of uh, sort of, of um, sort of uh, a wake up call for Felicity, in that after this episode, she uh, she goes in to deal with some of her other interests besides medicine. Mm-hmm. She goes into uh, I, I believe she signs up for an art class because of what Tom he said to her in a, in a in a letter that he wrote for her when he was like six. Right. So I I love the fact that this. Uh, made Felicity uh, look at her life through um, a different lens and, and sort of brought her back to the sort of brought her back to her childhood in, in, in some aspects. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, what's next on your list? Next one on my list um, is season one, episode 18, happy birthday, um, which again is kind of uh, a decent episode where, Noel um, has found out that Felicity slept with someone else and he's very uncomfortable and he decides he thinks he needs to move out. He needs to quit being an RA and just move out. So he's obsessed with that. Um, Sean is trying to create this anti-headache machine that looks like a big hula hoop for your head. Um, (laughs) And the problem is he can't test it because he never has a headache. So he's like, he's like, I need to test this thing to see if it cures headaches. But the problem is, like, I never have a headache. Um, so that was really funny. And this is the one where Jane Kaczmarek comes back and says to Julie, I am actually your mother. I, I don't know why I denied it. Uh, and then, you know, Julie's really excited that she's going to have another family. And then... She kind of pumps the brakes and says, oh, I never told my husband I had a baby. So, like, stop putting the cart before the horse. That's not what this is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, fun stuff and and heavy stuff in this one, you know, with mostly with Noel thinking that he's going to to move out. The, the other fun stuff in this one um, and the reason that it's on this list is mostly because of this storyline where Megan's parents come to visit. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. Megan completely transforms herself to you know a just goody goody two shoes normal girl, and uh, she makes sure Felicity the box is now Felicity's that Felicity won't let anyone open. Um, so that stuff is really really funny and endearing. Uh, just seeing how different Megan is when her parents are in town. Mm-hmm. Um, no, actually, I. Um... Crap, I was totally going to say something, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. Crap. Um, I, like, like for, I, I really, uh, the thing that I, the, the thing that I sort of understand about this episode, well, not understand, the thing that I relate to the most in this episode is the fact that Ben, I mean, um, Noel's paranoia about um, Felicity possibly sleeping with someone. Mm-hmm. I, when, when I was in a relationship with somebody, uh, a while back, oh, it's been a while back, but that actually happened to me. So I felt 
Right. Really, really um, um, sympathetic for Noel in his situation. Now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't exactly gone about it the way that he did, but I thought that it was um, just an interesting way for the writers to play it, and the way that um, uh, Scott Foley plays it, um, yeah. it's just great. Also, uh, seeing another side of Megan and seeing that. Um, that she had a different side to her when her parents come to visit uh, really gives you a, a, a really gives you a nice insight into her psyche and how she grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps the reason why she's so wild and crazy and and got skulls all over the place is because you know maybe she had a, 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 a repressed childhood. So I think. With that being said, I think what JJ did and what the writers did with her character is just great. And to see another, the other side of the coin, um, uh, where that, where that wild child came from, and why it came out of her, right. which is great. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff in that one. Uh, and then the final episode that I revisited was the season finale. Felicity was here, written by JJ, directed by Matt Reeves again. Um, that basically has this love triangle coming to a head because Noel wants Felicity to go with him to Europe for two weeks. And Ben wants Felicity to drive with him cross country for two weeks. And she's trying to basically decide what she wants to do. She likes Noel. Things are complicated. Julie is sad over her breakup with Ben. Um, she wants Felicity to sort of keep an eye out, but then she finds out that it's Felicity that Ben has feelings for and everything kind of gets blown up. Um, and then of course it ends with Felicity making a choice, but we don't know what the choice is at this point. Um, lots of other stuff is going on within the finale. Um, it starts just, you know, with a pretty funny scene with Danny, played by Curtis Armstrong at Dean and DeLuca Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Also, also a key recurring character on Supernatural as well. This guy, Uh, I think they must have had the same casting directors. Um, uh, And they talk about Ben's new haircut a bit, which of course this wasn't the famous Felicity haircut, but this is foreshadowing that, you know, this show wasn't afraid to do something kind of drastic with their characters because Ben gets quite a different hairstyle um, that they, you know, an episode or whatever before this, but this guy brings it up. Um, and just to have, you know, Felicity and Julie not be in a good place by the time this episode ends is kind of heartbreaking for Felicity to have to make a choice between Noel and Ben where, you know, we know that Noel is a good guy. He, he really does like Felicity and that would probably be a good pair, but, you know, as Ben's trying to convince Felicity to go on this road trip, he finally leans in and kisses her and says, you know, I've been dying to do this for a long time. Right. You know, you know, this is what you want. And she kind of can't deny it. Right. Um, so it makes things really complicated. And especially then when Noel finds out that everything is so complicated, more complicated than he thought, it makes her choice even harder. No, no, the thing, no, the thing that I really like about this episode, like you stated, it sort of brings together all the main uh, story plots that have been driving this season, and it kind of blows them up in, in in little different ways. And I love the fact that 
when Felicity does get that first kiss from Ben, the way that she reacts is so different to the way that she would have reacted if he would have done it in episode 10. Right, yeah, big time. You know? And the fact that she just sort of, sort of, she she's not disgusted by it, but she's sort of like, well, not indifferent, but the way that she runs out of the room. Yeah, she's it, taken off guard a bit, and um, it's not like this big romantic comedy moment. You know, it's it's something else. Right. The only the the, the only issue um, that is not a it's not an issue that I particularly have with uh, with this episode, but the only issue that I have with the way that. Uh, specifically season one and I believe season two were uh, season two were structured um, is that um, for the first two seasons um, this is a bit of a spoiler but it's, it's something minor for the first two seasons at the end of the at the end of um, the first two seasons Felicity has a choice to make right uh, uh, you know uh, whether she's gonna go here or here right and I and I um, I sort of wish that they would have uh, made her uh, her predicament something a little different. Yeah. Like like I look I, look I look I understand how hard it is to write TV. I mean I write TV for a living. I understand how hard it is. But I really wish that they would have gone that that they would have possibly made another conceit for uh, season two. Uh, am I alone in this, or or, or do you feel uh, kind of like similar or not at all? No, it is one of those things where that's kind of like the most formulaic thing that Felicity kind of did. Mm-hmm, right. Especially in that first season, like they tackled so many uncharacteristically hard hitting topics and had such unique characters, but her having to make a choice between these two dream boats, um, you know, and everybody's sort of dying to be with Felicity is, is kind of like a, yeah, that happens on 25 shows a season kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, um, and uh, I, I really, the thing that I loved most about this first season is I thought that it really captured the college experience really well. Mm-hmm. And it really was a slice in time, you know, per se, because this show, like 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 Matt pointed out uh, uh, in the start, was made in uh, 98, I believe. Mm-hmm. And in 98, we didn't have social media we didn't have the internet the way we do now hey we didn't we didn't have we didn't even have cell phones in our pockets <laughs> yes because there's a scene in the finale where like you know or or one of the episodes where ben's just hanging out waiting by the phone and yeah. it's like people like that doesn't happen anymore you don't stay home because you're waiting for a phone call right right right, <laughs> right you stay home for other reasons yeah but i love i love the sort of uh, old-fashioned '90s feel about this uh, first season in particular, and it, and that feel doesn't go away for me. Would you Would you agree with that, or or would you take it down another road? Or no, I I totally think that this feels at once it's a time capsule of that era, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of stuff that's inherently late '90s, but also just the themes in your first year of college a lot of those things are universal. So like, you know, even though I went to university in Canada, there's a lot of stuff that happens on Felicity with people fighting and, um, you know, saying stuff behind people's backs and Mm -hmm. cheating and plagiarism and all of those things. Like I barbecuing in his dorm room. (laughs) Like these are the things that, um, no matter 
where you're from, if you've had an experience similar to that, they kind of translate. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes Felicity stand the test of time and be kind of universal. The only thing that would make this show more 90s um, is if the DVDs actually had all the original songs. That you know, you know, that's a point um, that reminds me of two, of two points that I want to bring up before we actually wrap this episode up. Um, I, uh, well, I will, I don't know about you, but I discovered Felicity uh, on DVD, so I didn't actually initially watch it when it was on the air, right? So, um, all the music that I thought was used during season one, as well as this score by uh, the same the same gentleman who did the score for The West Wing. Is yeah, phenomenal. Snuffy. Uh, WG yeah, yeah. Snuffy Walden. Yeah, yeah. Snuffy Walden. Thank you. Research man. Uh, research man of the show. <laughs> because I'm good for nothing. Um, I just I just love the, all, the, all the music choices that the music supervisor made and the score that Snuffy put on this first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and for me, um, the score and the music that was, was put on the DVD didn't didn't bother me at all which is kind of funny because uh, there's uh, there's this person right now who is remastering felicity and she's putting all the original music in well that would be amazing i know there i think the only two episodes that have the original music is the pilot and the finale really uh m- like maybe maybe i'm wrong but i know that the pilot definitely did um and cuz even in the finale there was finally like a real song where uh, Noel is is packing and ready to get Felicity to go with him, and that song "Tempted by the Fruit of Another" um, is playing, and it's like so on the nose for like the situation that's going on, unbeknownst to Noel, that it was kind of perfect. Um, but throughout the other episodes, for the most part, it it doesn't take away from the show at all. But when you're watching an episode like Hot Objects and they're throwing their big party yeah. and the people are dancing to like oh, nondescript rock electronic yeah. song or whatever it is. And I'm like, I bet that this was like a really timely hit that they had actually licensed when this aired. And now it's just like generic kind of pop tune that doesn't have any resonance because it's not a real song. It's so, a real song, but it's not like a, a hit, you know? Mm-hmm. So you think that uh, they initially had another song over the uh, the dance sequence in Hot Objects, and they oh and, yeah, and, 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 they and there was it a, for the DVD. Yeah, and there's a couple of times where the songs that they have chosen sound like so much so that I think like they went online and like were like, get me a song that sounds like you know the Cranberries or something, and then they would plug in a song that is not the cranberries who would have been too expensive to license, but something that sounds vaguely in that vein. And I think that's how they kind of did the licensing for the DVDs, just because it wouldn't have been cost prohibitive to get all the rights to the original music and still turn a profit by putting a show like this out. Mm-hmm. No, um, the last thing I want to say uh, here before uh, we wrap up, unless there's, unless, um, unless you have any final thoughts. No, go ahead. You're good. Um, no, I, you know, you know, like I said, I thought, uh, I thought that this was a, a great first season with some really, really impactful storytelling and some sort of funny storytelling by, by episodes that we mentioned, uh, 
uh, off the top and throughout the course of this and throughout the course of the episode. But this uh, series sort of really, um, I won't say defined a generation, but it certainly meant a lot to me for, for reasons that we'll get into as we go along here. Mm-hmm. But I thought that this season really um, landed well with me and uh, landed well with um, its audience. So uh, with that being said, um, Matt, do you want to close out the show? Yeah, and I totally agree. The first season, very strong season. It it set itself apart from some of the other CW shows. Um, or the WB, sorry. WB at the time. That's CW, okay. CW now. Yeah. I do that uh, all the time. Yeah. But but still feels like, you know, birds of a feather with, you know, you could see this fitting on the same network as Dawson and Buffy. Um, so it still feels of that ilk, that quality, uh, but it had its own unique voice. And the first season is one of the best seasons. And I really enjoyed it. And certainly JJ and Matt Reeves guiding it um, made some interesting choices and really set the the voice of the show and the tone of the show for going forward. So, you know, next week we will take a look at our season two. Uh, we'll begin our journey on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that being said, um, for my co-host, Matt Crandall, I am uh, Marcelo Nostroza saying, P.S., we'll talk back to you guys soon. See you guys next week.